Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. And we're back. And it's always good to be back with you, even in these crazy circumstances. I hope you're holding up. Send us a message. You can always do that, by the way. Uh, Life Free of Anxiety is our Facebook and Instagram name. If you want to send me a message, tell me how life is going for you or whatever it is that you've got going on. Um, you can also email me at erica at lifefreeofanxiety.com. I wanted to say that right off the bat today so you can. And also leave us a review. You can do that on your uh, iPhone or however you listen to us. Leave us a review so other people can find us. Um, we are getting very close to getting the change program out to you guys. The change program is what got Dr. Barr and I over our anxiety. Dr. Barr is the person who introduced me to the change program, but somebody had also introduced him to it when he was going through a very uh, bad bout of anxiety after an earthquake set off his anxiety. So um, you'll hear more about our stories actually in the next episode, not this one. Because in the next episode, we're going to we're going to talk about your first panic attack. Um, but in this episode, we're talking about anxiety versus the coronavirus. So how to tell the difference. And I got this idea thanks to Eileen Strauss Cohen um, from Psychology Today. The article popped up and I thought it was something really good to cover. So I brought in our local psychologist, Dr. Barr, and he and I discussed uh, what the difference is if you're having a panic attack. Sometimes you might feel short of breath. And that's also a big symptom right now. Um, for the coronavirus. It's a big red flag we're supposed to look out for, right? So we are discussing kind of how to keep yourself calm if you do find yourself getting warm or getting um, short of breath and how it's not necessarily that you're sick, but that it could be anxiety. So we hope you come away from this episode uh, feeling a little confident on maybe how to tell the difference and when is a good time to reach out to your doctor. We suggest you always reach out to your doctor, though, if anything out of the ordinary is happening. Please don't let us stop you from doing that if you feel like that's something you need to do. Okay, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Okay, well, we are back with the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. It's Erica with Dr. Barr. Hey, Dr. Barr. Hello, hello. These are Good crazy. Good to be back with you again. In these crazy times, yes. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, right? Well, they, well, we are doing the best we can, and we're hoping that we can help you do a little better than make your time in isolation or at stay at home even better for you and less anxious. So 
that's what our goal is for today. Yeah. And we've got a really good episode. It's coronavirus versus anxiety symptoms, because we know some of the symptoms can kind of mirror each other. And so we wanted to break down with our licensed clinical therapist, Dr. Barr, exactly what to look for with, you know, feelings of tightness of chest or fevers or um, cough. We're going to kind of break it down for you how to tell the difference. Um, But before that, Dr. Barr, I mentioned on the last podcast about the dangers of drinking to try to relax during this pandemic. Right now, I know virtual happy hours are very in. A lot of people are meeting up online to hang out and drink or play a game, which sounds sounds fun. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that um, necessarily. Having virtual wine and cheese parties. Yeah, I mean, better, you know, make the make the best of this right now and meet up with friends. And and that's fine. I had a friend who got a takeout margarita the other day from Chili's. (laughs) You can actually take out alcohol right now. Yeah, she's got her two kids at home. She's like, I I need a margarita. But I've noticed I had a little bit of wine the other night and I didn't feel very relaxed. I just, for us, for whatever reason, alcohol doesn't really relax me. But I noticed the next day I felt kind of irritable and sort of just not like I wanted to drink again. Just not because I even drink very much. It's probably two glasses of wine. But I just got to thinking that, and there's even an article in front of me right now that says nine signs you're drinking too much alcohol during the coronavirus pandemic. That hasn't been an issue for me. But I've just, I know that it's an issue for a lot of people. And I just wanted you to weigh in on the dangers of drinking to try to take the edge off when crises are happening. Well, that's one of the uh, enigmas of alcohol, um, especially when it comes to dealing with anxiety, because for, for a large amount of people, alcohol does exactly what they want it to do in terms of giving them some relief from the anxious feelings, especially in social situations. If I take a couple of drinks to feel better, do I end up feeling better overall or am I really better off just not having the alcohol at all? So um, I don't, I have not seen the article that you're looking at there. Uh, yeah, so well, I don't know how they're coming down on that. But. It, it says U.S. alcohol sales spiked 55% in the week ending March 21st. And online alcohol sales oh were up 243%. And the, the thing that worries me about that is just, I know that with that, you know, you know people can't always drink responsibly depending on their personality and with um, domestic abuse yeah, right. and those kinds of things. It's just, I just, I and I know Brene Brown said at one time, it really resonated with me that this culture is just over, they over drink. Something about us just kind of being a culture that's always drinking. Like if you watch TV, watch your favorite show, people are always drinking. And for some people, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to condemn anything. But, you know, there's those personalities that are more sensitive like me or some people who are prone maybe to anger drinking and it's just something to keep in mind for sure well at this time and there there is a yes there is and there's a high correlation between the number of domestic fights that happen or arguments with your spouse or Or your kids and and the amount of alcohol that you've consumed Mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of times fights happen when people are drinking and they're they're fights that would 
most likely not happen if they weren't drinking. So we we really do need to watch that. And that is a dramatic increase in, in the amount of drinking. Yeah. But when people know they're going to be home, then I think that is that is a danger, uh, especially, you know, for folks who it's it's hard to say, hard to stop at one or two. Right. It's this very slippery slope. And and again, I'd like to really get people to, to pay attention. It's like, well, okay, pay attention to what you were feeling before. Why are you drinking? Are you drinking just because it's you like the taste of it and it's fun? It, it does relax you. And in fact, you have a better time or at least a really good time that evening. Mm-hmm. And alcohol is a depressant. Yes. And for a large number of people, after they've had a couple of drinks and the alcohol starts to break down, uh, they end up being more depressed and more withdrawn rather than more social. So if if people will just really start paying attention to how how is this really affecting me? Then that that would be a really good thing. I know that I I feel also that you know in these times we're waking up and we're having four cups of coffee and then at night if we're having two to five glasses of wine think think of the upper and downers of somebody in the morning and in the evening you know of what your body has kind of switched That's with right. I, I don't know how to put this eloquently but. A person with a sensitive system like me would not do well with that. A lot of coffee in the morning and then a lot of, you know, I can't really, I can't drink coffee anyway, but, you know, because I'm too sensitive to it. But coffee in the morning and then a bunch of alcohol at night, if that's what you're currently doing, which uh, a lot of people probably are, you know, something to look at if you tend to be more, you know, if you tend to lean towards depression and anxiety. But I, I just well, yeah, wanted to really, that you're really, you're uh... really, chemically driving your system. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're hyping it up in the morning and uh, trying to slow it down at night with the alcohol. And uh, that, that can get away from you. Uh, again, I, I just want people to pay attention to their bodies. You know, right. Pay attention to what they're doing. Now, for, for our people who are really experiencing anxiety, you know, coffee is really a bad thing bad way to go because yep. uh, that's one of the tenets that we really believe is true. And that is to get away from all caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes caffeine, you just got to do it. Yes. It, it just types up the system that carries the anxiety and that just makes your anxiety worse. And it might be something you give up. You try giving up just during this time. That's really stressful. Maybe you haven't had anxiety before or You've always been able to handle coffee, but now you're worried or whatever. I, I mean, I would try experimenting with laying off some just just to do that while you're at home and not having to work. And, you know, it's kind of a safer time to withdraw, possibly. So um, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, if Dr. Barr thinks it's a good idea, it's definitely a good idea. That's how I that's how I live my well, life. Well, I wish I could say that about everything I thought. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I wish I could say that about you. <laughs> Dr. Barr is too nice. He doesn't doesn't even make jokes like that. So that's good. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to give the three main symptoms of the coronavirus, according to the CDC. These are just a quick, you know, these are the symptoms that they they say uh, people with the virus exhibit these three primary symptoms. So it's fever, difficulty breathing and dry cough. We've probably all heard that by now. But we're also going to break down the symptoms that mimic coronavirus symptoms. So we've got 
chest pain, difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, feeling shaky, dry mouth, hot and cold temperature, and digestion issues. I think anything can kind of maybe happen that might seem similar, but these are the ones we're going to go with because these seem to be the most common. Well, now here here is one of the things I want everyone to hear first. And I want them to remember that severe anxiety and panic disorder is the great mimicker. Yes. I've been thinking about you you saying that lately. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Okay, so when there is something like this that is out there like coronavirus, people hear all the symptoms that the coronavirus has. And, and I would include in, in that list from the CDC, you know, some uh, sore throat is one, the loss of smell and taste is one. You know, if you get some of those kinds of strange things, you worry about yourself, of course. We all do. You know, we're all super sensitive right now. We're all super tuned in to every little thing that goes wrong in our bodies. Oh, yeah. And... And so we get anxious as soon as we start feeling any of that kind of thing. But panic disorder is the great mimicker. And so when you hear all these symptoms, all of a sudden, guess what? Panic disorder starts looking like what's going around. Mm-hmm. It just, that- I don't exactly know how it does that, but I know that it does that. Really? So you're saying it goes, it actually copies exactly what we're thinking it could cop, like it well, could, that could happen? See, it's not exactly, but it's close enough to scare us. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. So, all right. So, so fever, difficulty breathing and uh, coughing, that kind of thing, dry cough, sore throat, loss of smell and taste. Those are the things that the coronavirus does. Mm-hmm. And what we get with panic disorder is we get, we can get chest pain. Yeah. We can get rapid heartbeat that, that always comes in there. Difficulty breathing, feeling like you can't get enough air, shortness of breath. You know, I feel like I'm smothering. Well, we call that most of the time that is usually connected with hyperventilation, but how are you going to tell the difference if you're hyperventilating or if you're actually having trouble breathing? Because they're going to feel very similar to you when you're experiencing it. Right. Now, to those people who have been practicing relaxation or they've been practicing other meditation kinds of practices or that kind of thing to help control their anxiety, I would say to you, Be sure you keep doing those things that help you even in this time of the coronavirus because the coronavirus doesn't create anxiety by itself necessarily. Hmm. Okay. And if you can calm yourself and your breathing improves, you don't have coronavirus. You have anxiety. Yeah. So I want people to be able to bring their breathing, slow their breathing down, uh, maybe even count their breathing. Then you can breathe normally for three breaths and then do it again, five count breathing, to just regulate your breathing so that you're not hyperventilating and getting all the, the physiological changes that come with that. 
Yeah, because I know for me, I've had um, some of these symptoms the past couple of weeks. I had digestion issues right away. I think that was just because it was something that was in the back of my head that I was worrying about. I've had okay. chest pain, but that's just because I started getting a really acidic stomach out of nowhere, which maybe, again, was from stress. But I also tend to get stomach acid sometimes. But the chest pain with okay. that was actual chest pain. It was you know, it was from, but it was like, it was kind of scary, you know, okay, so do I have this? Do I have that? I didn't have a fever. And I recommend, I've realized I recommend people keep, this is something that scares you or something that you tend to think about. Keep a thermometer around. Um, or also they have oximeters now to measure your oxygen, which are not very expensive. I think they're from the drugstore. So if you ever find yourself, you know, on the phone with a doctor or they want to know what your oxygen levels are. You can tell them and you can know if it's normal or not. And I think you can pretty much tell if your oxygen levels are normal anyway. So there's I, I recommend having tools um, because they're probably you probably are going to have some of these things. There's allergy season right now. Um, I know my brother and my cousin have both. Absolutely. had. Yeah, my brother and my cousin have both had fevers around this time. Um, one had tonsillitis, it turned out, and the other had something else. Because I think people forget that people still get sick from other things. So you just because you get a fever, don't panic. It does not mean you have the coronavirus. Just well, that's call right. your doctor, uh, you know, and go from there. That's right. The common cold is still going around. Yes. We still have allergies. I mean, this is I springtime and we've yeah. had rain again. And so there's lots of things that are blooming. Mm-hmm. And if you have hay fever of any kind, then, you know, that's probably going to be acting up. So the pulse ox meters, uh, I, I don't have one of those. I have one of the digital thermometers. And uh, yeah, if you if you have doubt about how you're doing, even if you're getting hot and cold chills with, with your anxiety, you won't be running a fever with it. Right, yeah. Uh, anxiety doesn't give you a fever. It can give you hot and cold chills, though. Mm-hmm. So So it can mimic all kinds of things. It can make you feel like... You definitely have a lung problem. It can make you feel like you're having a heart problem. You may feel fatigue. And fatigue is one of those things that that people feel with the coronavirus. And um, that's that's anxiety. Right. So it it is important to be able to determine between the things, if you can, you know, which is anxiety, which is the coronavirus. And if you can get yourself calm and you know that you, you've practiced enough that you know you can calm yourself and you've calmed yourself and you're still having trouble breathing, it's time to call the doctor probably. Yeah. And that being said, I just uh, I just want to say, yes, call your doctor. Um, but I have had episodes where when I was really stuck in my anxiety or something was really bothering me where I have not where I've had shortness of breath progressively throughout the entire night into the next morning. So I just want to put it out there. You could still have anxiety. Don't say like, oh, I didn't get better. This is definitely coronavirus. We don't we don't want that. But but do check with your doctor. Yeah, because but I just want to say because I did read that in the article in an article that well, generally, you know, you're going to feel better and this and that. And I'm like, well, not always. I've had some long episodes before. So yes, just you keep certainly that in mind. can. Yeah. Um, that's right. Anxiety is tough. 
and it can last a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have the virus, and I'm glad you brought that point up. That's a, an excellent point. And there's a there's a couple of things here that we have on how to differentiate between anxiety symptoms and the coronavirus. For instance, if you have anxiety, you're probably not going to start coughing. If you, you know, like Dr. Barr right. said, if you if you get really warm and hot when you have anxiety, you probably you probably won't have a fever. Um, you probably won't start sneezing if you have anxiety. You probably won't get a runny nose, but you could have allergies or the common cold or flu. Of course, we're always we definitely recommend you taking precaution and calling your doctor no matter you know what you think because it's it's better to get it right. situated you know you're not going to bother your doctor or anything but now it doesn't it doesn't mean that that you're never going to cough if you're anxious but that's um, true too yes and it and it also means just because you're anxious doesn't mean that you're not ever going to get choked mm-hmm. you know one of the worst things you can choke on is your own saliva or water um <laughs> If, I don't know if you've ever gotten choked on water or on water, on yes. your own saliva. Yes. But it you know, when that stuff goes down the wrong way, you know, it's just the cough is on. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ugh, it can be intense, that. you know, until you can clear the airway, you know, because your body is trying to get that liquid back out of the airway. Right. And during that time, is it going to be difficult to breathe? So you can give yourself a real coughing fit. And those are those can be scary. They can be really frightening, but uh, they're not dangerous. So uh, don't don't try not to frighten yourself with it. Yeah. And and remember, if you we've talked about this in the, you know, on the one of the first episodes when this was all happening. Um, But if you were to get coronavirus, that does not mean you're going to die. So we want to we want to give you the worst case scenario. Let's say it's worst case scenario it does not mean this is, you know, this is the end. Well, for that's you. right. Yeah. Because and and you're you know, you know, we just had uh, your guest Carl Goldman on. Yeah. And uh, he he obviously recuperated and he really wasn't all that sick. He he uh, actually got invited to the White House. I, yes. I don't know whether I think that may have been after our program aired. Yeah, he went from being on being on our show to the White House, right in front of being interviewed by Donald Trump. That was pretty amazing. That was pretty cool. And he lives (laughs) in my hometown. I mean, that's great. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was fun watching him on that the other day. Yeah. Um, And yes, he is fine. So he survived. Yeah. And his wife didn't even get it. Nope. So there's still a lot that we don't know about this, this, uh, disease. And so uh, if you get the coronavirus, it doesn't mean that you're going to die. My sister was diagnosed last week. Uh, she tested positive for it. And uh, yeah, that she was had had a sore throat for three days. Right. And uh, that's all she got was a sore throat for three days. So it, it has a very different effect on different people. And uh, we don't don't scare yourself. If you think you have it, then call your doctor and take good care of yourself. Yeah. But don't panic. Mm-hmm. And most people get better. Yeah. And in the guy who was with Carl Goldman, the other man, don't forget, had coronavirus and didn't know it. So That's right. there's just so many different variations of how this can go. But uh, just thinking the That's best, right. Our, best thing possible yourself 
it looks like uh, our research is saying that something like 18% of the population that gets the coronavirus has they're asymptomatic. They they don't even know they have it. Yeah. So that's um, a lot of information. That's a, lot of, a lot of folks. Yeah. A lot of information. Well, and we're know. we're we're all kind of dealing with information overload right now as well. Aren't yeah. We? Um, I am so sick of it. You know, I am so yes. mad at it. Like, I, I just am so sick of the recklessness. We're all at home. We've got all these devices where things are just popping up without us even asking them to. And people are just right. putting these headlines just for clickbait that are completely reckless, you know, to somebody with, I mean, to anybody. It's reckless to anybody who well, could be prone really to, to worry anybody. about this. Yeah. And it's just, I'm I'm so sick of it. I really am. It's, it's unnecessary well, again, and it's cruel, I think. Yes. Just well, let me clear. let me repeat my my warning, and that is, um, check you know check to see what's happening, you know, and make sure you're doing what the the officials are telling you to do, mm-hmm. um, and all the fighting that's going on and the wrangling about uh, what we should do and what we shouldn't do and who's right and who's wrong and um, just don't embroil yourself in that. But listen to us because we uh, have, we have good stuff. We have good positive sure. stuff for you. <laughs> um, so, so focus on on what is good around you. What is important to you right now? Uh, ground yourself. You know what can you see? What can you smell? What you know? Bring yourself right into the here and now, and uh, don't let anxiety frighten you, and don't let the coronavirus frighten you. Right. So that's what I recommend. And uh, turn the television off. Yeah. Turn your phone off. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. Turn it, turn it all off. But all right. I think that is it for this episode. On our next episode, we're going to be discussing the first panic attack that can happen. Um, oh, joy. That first panic attack that you might not understand. You know something happened. You know something went wrong. You know you feel very anxious ever since. Uh, we're going to break down that panic attack and what it means and why it's definitely not dangerous or anything to be afraid of. So I don't want to tease this like we're going to tell you it's really bad. It's not. So um, tune in with us next week. Okay. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. 
I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.